July 23rd, 2023. We're continuing the Mesilat Yesharim. We're in Perek Yotet. Perek Yotet is Beveur Helke HaChasidut. We're dealing with the Midah, the character trait of Hasidut, of piety. And what Mesilat Yesharim already described to us, what Ramchal delineated, was that Hasidut is multifaceted and uh, multivaried. And uh, he already set forth for us the general principles of Hasidut, uh, describing uh, most recently those circumstances of the Hachamim from the Gemara, the rabbis from the time of the Talmud, who went above and beyond or extended the understanding of Torah and Mitzvot to the extent that they were able to say about themselves, you want to know why I merited a long life? Because I was proficient in an area of Halacha in a way beyond that which is to a certain extent expected as a letter of the law uh, expectation. So Mesilat Yisharim, although he set that forth for us, he told us there's going to be many different dimensions to this. So he brings us into the second. The second uh, part of Hasidut, of this Midah of Hasidut, it's not per se what you do, it's what brings you to doing it. It's the way in which you do it. What does he mean by that? He did. He described us being scrupulous, being detailed, oriented with regards to the mitzvot. No. This second section is really furthermore broken into two. So it's two sections which have Two sections, a section two, which has two sections underneath it, and many details that will uh, branch out from those. What are we talking about? What's often ha'asiyah? What are we describing when we talk about the impetus or the overarching uh, mood and uh, perspective as you perform mitzvot, as your obedet Hashem? Ushne harashiim, the two heads of this dimension are hem ha'ahava. It's yir'ah, maybe often translated as fear, probably best translated here as awe, and ahava, best translated perhaps as love or devotion. Mesilat Yisharim will spend time delineating, explaining them to us. We've already earlier in Mesilat Yisharim touched upon these concepts. We talked about how Ramban Nachmani, in somewhat of a mystical, cryptic uh, comment, it's good we have Musa for the mysticism today, right? He says that Shamor and Zachor, as uh, described in the Torah, Shemirat Shabbat, understood by the Hakamim as Mitzvot Lo Ta'aseh, Shamor et Yom HaShabbat LeKadesho, which is in this coming week's parasha, Parashat Vayetchanan. Zachor et Yom HaShabbat LeKadesho, understood as Mitzvot Ta'aseh, the positive Mitzvot in remembering Shabbat, says Ramban, you should know, those are furthermore enriched through an understanding that Zachor is Ahava, is this devotion and love, and Shamor is Yir'ah, is this uh, awe and this trepidation. That already gives us a little further perspective, not fully explaining it to us, just telling us that we can identify Shamor, Zachor, the excitement of approaching with zikhira, with ahava, the trepidation, the fear, the yirata romemut, as we'll refer to it with shamor. And Misilat Yisharim will quickly get us into, at the very least, yira initially. And so he says, these are shene amudeha avodaha amitit. These are the two pillars of true avodah. I'll pause for a second and realize we're in the 19th perik of Misilat Yisharim. We're describing halkeha hasidut piety. And nonetheless, says Mesilat Yisharim, you may have, if you did, made it to level 19 or chapter 19, gotten to the state of Hasidut, understand that Ahavan Yira, which are a part of Hasidut, they are Amudeh Ha'avodah Ha'amitit. They are the pillars of 
true worship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I mean, it's an amazing thing. It means that uh, we have something to strive for at all times. It means that as much as we might sometimes pat ourselves, maybe appropriately on the back, and say we've gotten somewhere significant, Mesilat Sharim says, within Hasidut, within this character trait, which is a lot to get to, which demands a lot of us, which separates those who are great from those who are greatest, he says these are the pillars of Avodah, not Hasidut. Avodah, my diuk over here is Ha'amitit, truthful Avodah. This is the core of Avodah. Shezulatam lotikon kelal, without them, without Ahava and Yir'ah, you won't be able to structure yourself in a true uh, worship. You might have mechanical actions, you might be doing a lot, but if it's not inspired, if it's not imbued with Ahava, with Yirah, which is true in terms of their form and fashion, well then you're not really having a tikon, a, a hachana appropriately with regards to your avodah. Bichlal ha what's included in yirah? Yesha hachna'am lefanavit parach haboshet bikrov el avodato vehakavot ha'na'asah el mitzvotav el shemoyit parach vel torato. He breaks it into three Ramchal does. This is first and foremost hachna'am lefanav. It's a certain awe, certain trepidation, just in terms of hakadosh uh, baruch presence, his existence. Furthermore, the boshet, the shame in kirva elav, in, uh, in, in moving forward. So the initial one is just an understanding of his presence, and I'm jarred by that, I'm jolted back. The second is, well, I'm nervous, I have a certain shame in approaching. And lastly is the kavod, is the understanding that as I do approach, as I am speaking, as I am doing for him and to him, it needs to be done with the proper preparation in the most appropriate way. Of course, Ramchal will explain each of these as we go along. Ahava, and if we're to broaden Ahava, of course, we're going to start with Yirah, but quickly, Ahava, he says, Hasimha, Hadevekut, Vehakinah. It's some sort of elation, happiness. Devekut means connectedness. True life is emanated through a Devekut. An understanding of a mitzvah in Sefer Devarim, we find more than once, it's Udov Kabo, it's to attach yourself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's to cleave to him. We've addressed this, we'll address it again over here. Ve'akinah means a certain zealousness for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It means I'm passionate in this connection. Ve'atanevarem echad, echad says Mesilat Disharim. That was the broad introduction. Now let's detail each one of these. Again, Yir'ah with all of its components. And afterwards, Ahava, Hineh. Ikar ha-yir'ahi yir'at ha-romimut she-sarich ha-adam la-hashov be-odo mitpalelo ose mitzvah ki lifne melech malchei ha-melachim hu mitpalelo ose ha-mitzvah ha-hu The statement of Mesilat Yisharim is when we talk about yir'ah over here we're not, as we will in several chapters from now, talk about yir'at ha-het fear of sin, fear of punishment maybe, yir'at ha-onesh that's not what we're referring to we're talking about yir'at ha-romimut the greatness, the majesty of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, His vast and infinite involvement and expression and existence, well, that's what we have, trepidation. We have not fear, but awe of that. Uh, the description is that we have that sort of fear, that sort of awe in the context of mitzvot and tefillah. At all other times, there's an, a certain understanding. There's a yir'ah in some respect. Yir'at haromimut is during... So I was just saying that it's because of the Kanana by praying with the Amidah, the person has to get in the cup. 
We're going to quote that from Gemara Berachot Avyot, something similar as being an expression, Musa says from Zohar as well, of Yerat Haromimut. As you're in the moment of standing before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how could you have your eyes raised? How could you have your hands just hekish strewn on the side of you? Um, the truth is this, the embodiment of this, at least in the eyes of the Hachamim, Rashi, in Parashat Shemini, describes this as being to a certain extent, interestingly, the character trait of Aharon, because Moshe turns to Aharon and he says to him, Kera bela mizbeah, va'azet hatatecha vetolatecha, chaper ba'adcha ba'ad ha'am. Why does Moshe need to urge, encourage, or demand of Aharon, Kera bela mizbeah, come close, make your way to the mizbeah. Rashi, quoting from the Hachamim, says, Aharon said, I'm not kedai for this. I'm not appropriate. Who am I? I'm not worthy. I'm a simple person. I'm an individual who's not imbued with some sort of out-of-this-world character trait. I'm going to do the Avodah for Kelal Yisrael, let alone for myself. That's what you And our Moshe Rabbeinu says to him, you need to go kilikach nivhart, I think. Uh, you, were, you were chosen for this task, which to a certain extent is the dichotomy. It's that tension that we have to live with as well. On the one hand, we say, mi ani, who am I? Um, if it's, uh, the, uh, I'm nothing. I'm klapeh uh, baruch I'm a nothingness. I'm a rima v'tolea. At the same time, he goes ahead and he does it. That's right. He goes, Aharon has that feeling. But at the same time, he goes forward. And in turn, each of us. Okay, so you start with that. And then you say, but what choice do I have? This is my commandment. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is my purpose. Ramar Bimoshe Isolus in his uh, glasses is Hagahot to Shohanaruch in Siman Aleph, the very onset of the book. We've quoted it more than once. It's very appropriate to be quoted over here as well. He cites from Harambam's words at the end of More Nebuchim. And Ramar, just loosely um, paraphrasing his statement, describes, keep in mind, Siman Aleph is the waking up in the morning. He describes what's the mindset for a person throughout the day. So a person needs to be able to have a constant, if we can work toward this, and if we don't have a constant, have it as often as we can. Shiviti Adonai me the feeling of God's presence, uh, parallel and adjacent to my eyes at all times, a feeling and expression in every action that I do, that this is my avodah, that I am connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Harambam, if I remember correctly, in the Moreh, he goes on, he quotes about the Hachamim, how the Hachamim describe how in the bedroom, to rise to a level of understanding, even during times of intimacy with another person, but there's a certain piety, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present. In the bathroom, they describe how we have acts of piety. Even there, even in places where my mind can't be on Torah, I still have a certain recognition and understanding. I, I, I have to have an understanding, indeed, at all times of this, what we call Yirat HaRomimut. Can you imagine? It's a Mishnah, it's the most simple statement, but it's forgotten, okay, maybe not by you, but by me, constantly. As you're praying, just know, it's most simple statement. Know that you're standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it's an often forgotten one. Tefillah becomes something which is mitzvat anashim milumada, becomes something that we just utter and we just go through the motions, aside from business activities and joyful involvements, etc. Even our avodat HaKodesh, we lose, lose track of that. In there, understand who you're standing in front of, understand who you're speaking to and with. So, 
says Mesilat Yisharim, in order to get to Yerat HaRomimut, there are three angles that you can focus on and understand in turn what it means to have Yerat HaRomimut, to have it become a part of you. Number one, Hayachachu Omed Mamash Lifnei Haboreit Barach Shemo V'noseh V'noten Imo You're standing Mamash in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in front of God, and you are Noseh V'noten Imo I love that language. Noseh V'noten is Lashon of the Hachamim in the context of commercial activity. We talked about it yesterday in terms of Asakim. Mema'atim Ba'asakim B'masa'u Matan the Gemaran says about this time period, about the time period of the nine days in terms of our engagement in, in, in business. No seven or ten with Hakadosh Baruch Maybe Abraham Avinu at Sedom. No seven or ten. That's the description. We're talking with him. We're giving and taking. We're bargaining. Can you imagine the statement? Again, in the context of that, but it makes it so much more real. You're actually talking with him. You can bargain with him. I don't know that he's going to give in. He's not going to concede so easily. But that's the mindset. It's a mindset that I'm not just speaking at him. I'm speaking with him. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. There's the key part. The difficulty is even though your eyes can't see him, you're supposed to be able to, in some way, mentally or spiritually visualize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. This is the hardest, because to realize and to think about and understand God's presence in your life, in a literal sense, He's right here, without having any sense, any hosh, that can actually aid in that. You can't touch, smell, feel, see, uh, nothing. You can't come close in the sensual way to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. At the same time, you have to feel, accept, and understand His presence. That's very difficult. Omnam, mishu If a person's an intellectual thinker, a person who's able to sharpen their mind, they can get to this more easily. His description is, as human beings, we're prone to uh, processing the world and things that come, upo- come we come across with our senses. We look at it, and that's how we, in turn, understand it. We touch it, we smell it, that's how we understand it. Our understanding is very much defined through our senses, almost at all times. If you're very intellectual, if you're able to think abstractly, then you could get closer to this understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But it's not simple. Okay. Also, as we grow older, no questions. You what Charles says is experience is what really achieves this. Experience, that's the way to say it. In other words, how are you going to get to this? I, he says, how are you going to get to a connection? It's through experience. You have to have experiences in which you say afterwards, if you had your eyes open wide, your mind open uh, clearly, in that moment, you say, oh, that was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's involvement. Otherwise, how are you getting to this? And that, in turn, can help you uh, envision it. But I, I, I have to agree entirely. To just get through this through some sort of intellectual exercise, very difficult, if not impossible, through experience, through life, through having difficult times and being feeling as if we're pulled out of it, through having uh, a being whom we can turn to and we somehow, without being able to prove it, say, but he was present, uh, that's how you can get to this. 
That in turn is the first challenge, but that's the mission. The mission is to be able to, without senses, be uh, envision and understand that I'm no seven or ten mamash imo, not ito, not elav, imo, with him, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, v'gamlot et Abraham, and he's olech imo, he's with him, he's together with him. It's not against him, it's not speaking to him, it's not serving him, it's together with him. Continues Mesilat Yesharim after this first uh, in terms of the ways uh, to get this is once a person has able has been able to establish this in their mind next stage so i've established i'm speaking to akadosh baruch who's here and i'll understand who it is that you're in front of so you accepted, you understood through experience, through something, you're able to feel or to understand his presence. Now, do you understand who he is? Do you understand what this is? He's greater, more lofty, more distant than any blessing, any greatness, any praise that could be set forth. Any complete nature that you and I could conjure up in our minds, but Olam is so far beyond that. It's a dat lifnem The initial stage is, I know who in front of, but now I want to understand. What, what, what's his essence? I'm not going to actually understand his essence, but I'm going to be jolted by its greatness. And lastly, there's an initial stage again. I'm talking, I'm no seven or ten baruchu. Hard, even though it's the bare necessity. Second, who is HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Beyond anything I can imagine. Thirdly, who am I? I'm a clearly a nothing. I mean, can compare myself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What am I? I have a certain shiflut. I mean, there is a certain back and forth, as Harambam seems to describe in Nechot Yisodei HaTorah, between these emotions. You'll begin, if you're able to, feeling that greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're in turn jolted backward, but who am I? And then when you realize, who am I? And you think about that, you say, so then I need him. And then you step forward again. Then you get jolted backward. There's a constant give and take, moving forward and being jolted backward. Many of the Sifre Hasidut are very strong uh, on describing this. We are physical, we're coarse, we're dense. We have drives which are physical and defined by our Gashmiut. Many of us have passed sins which in turn makes us lowly in the, in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If you think and really contemplate these matters, it's, it's impossible to not, be, uh, to not be startled. Law and it's just, it's just incomprehensible that a person, if they actually get to this point, won't have a fear, won't have a certain understanding of my goodness, look at how little I am. It's about that which the Pasuk speaks. Our should be with our worship should be with a certain understanding of his awesomeness. Gilu, even our happiness, is bir'ada, is while we're trembling. Uchtiv, and the Pasuk says, El na'aratz besod kedoshim rabbah venora al kol sevivav. The Pasuk describes how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is nora, there's a certain yirat haromimut, al kol sevivav. To be saviv means to be around. The scripture in the Pasuk, really, in Tehillim, is about the malachim. The angels feel this yirat haromimut. 
which is an amazing thing. Angels are more spiritual than any of us, and yet they're the ones who comprehend the Romimut the most, which in turn really makes a lot of sense. The more you know about something, the more you appreciate how distant you are from something that's really... Imagine you begin learning Torah. Uh, when you begin learning Torah, you appreciate people who know something. You understand, yeah, they know something. The more you learn, the more you understand, the more distant you feel from them. The description in turn, but in anything, I'm sure it's so. The more you work on a skill, on a trade, on success in any field, the more you appreciate those who have gotten there, so to speak. Like, can you imagine HaKadosh Baruch Hu in turn? So it's the angels who is most nora. Since the angels are closest, they don't have any physicality. They're closest to, quote-unquote, the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They in turn understand his greatness more than us. It's for that reason that this mora romimut, they feel it more, they see it more than us because they're there, and as a result, there's this sirat romimut. Angels do, the angels do have it for each other. The only thing is, they see Hashem so clearly. That's what takes away their bechinah chovshit. There's a book called Meshech Chochma. It's written by. Uh, uh, by Rabbi Meir Simcha HaKohen of Dvinsk. And in his book, in his introduction, I think it's the Sefer Shemot, he suggests, he's basing himself on different Gemarot and, and others, um, he suggests that our Avodah in this world is an ironic one because we work so much with our Bechira Hovshit, but if you're successful to your Bechira Hovshit, you've brought yourself to a full understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence, you lost your Bechira Hovshit. That's the way he describes Moshe Rabbeinu. We've talked about this on other occasions. His understanding is the further you get in understanding, quote, reality as it is, the less you're able to just choose on your own. That's the kafa mahar kigigit of Ma'amad Har Sinai. The forcefulness of receiving the Torah was because, well, there he is. How am I going to say no? How could I not accept it? The more you refine your character, the more you get yourself in tune with Torah and mitzvot, the more you spiritualize yourself, the more you become like an angel, the more you lose that behira, even though at your core you kind of have it. Yeah, 100%. And indeed, though, David, he said about himself, My worship, my bowing, my prayer to you is as with an understanding, a necessary and appropriate one of of your greatness. Everyone would say it before entering us. It's, we, we should bring it here. Uh, the, I've seen videos of that, and I was just reading a sefer with his Hanagot of the Rebbe of Lubavitch. Every time he entered the Midrash, he would walk straight up to the parochet of the Hechal. He would hold, touch it, maybe kiss it, say something, and then he would only begin. There was a certain, even physical or, or, or verbal, Acceptance, understanding. What am I involved in? Uchtiv mipene shemi nihatu veomer Elohai boshti vinichlamti laharim Elohai panai elecha. Other pesukim which describe David Hamelik's understanding of what it meant to approach Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Veulam hayira hazot sarich shetigbar balev tehbatehilav hakach terae peulotav gam beevare haguf. Says Mesilat Yisharim explains Ramchal. He says it begins in our mind, in our heart. It only then extends to our body. Now this is not to contradict what we've learned earlier in Mesilat Yisharim, what we mentioned from Sefer Hachinuch and Mitzvah Tetzayin, that you begin with actions and then it affects your essence. Oh, that's not disagreeing with that. It's saying that there's a cycle of 
over here. You can sometimes begin with actions. Do it, make it into, fake it until you make it, right? Just do it even though it's not truly you yet, you don't actually feel it, and then it will become a part of you. That we've understood. Based on your actions, says Sefer HaChinuch, in turn your heart and mind will be inspired. What Misilati Sharim now is saying though is once your heart became inspired, once you got to that point, once your mind was in tune, is attuned to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence, your body will now, as a result, naturally have certain reactions as well, such as ones that Musa mentioned at the beginning, right? He mentioned some from the Halohemma, Kovid Harosh, your posture at all times, but specifically during times of Tefillah. There's going to be a Kovid Rosh, there's going to be a heavy head, a head not held high, a Hishtahada'a. A body which is not straight, but is rather a little hunched over in an appropriate way, in a way of hachna'ah, of shiflut, of understanding who I'm speaking to. Shiflut ha'inayim, your eyes not being raised upward, but rather looking downward. Ukfifat ha'yadayim, ke'evet katan lefne melech rav, and your hands being folded and held in a way as if I'm a small slave and servant in front of a great master. Chen amru ba'gemara, indeed, rava. When he would situate his hands as such, when he would understand and through his actions demonstrate that he's worshipping HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he would say about himself, like a slave, a servant, in front of their master, in front of their all... Uh, important and infinitely strong and present master. The description again being one in which we start with our mind and our heart, and then it will flow into our actions as well. He said, really, we were talking about Yira, and we talked about the first part of Yira. The first part of Yira was this boshet, with some sort of shame as we described it. And now he says, let's talk about Kabot. Kabot is different. The shame we were in the context, maybe shame is the wrong word, but this awe, this understanding of Yirat memut. And now he says, let's talk about Kabod. In the context of approaching mitzvot, something called Kabod. You see, when it comes to Shabbat, Arambam writes, I think it's in Perek Lamed of Ilchot Shabbat, there's something called Kabod, Shabbat, and something called Oneg Shabbat. Gaon Mivilna famously delineates the explanation of Arambam's words of the Gemara. We learn it from Pesukim and Sefer Yeshayah, Kabod Shabbat. Um, and you're supposed to have, furthermore have an onig, the karat al shabbat onig, pasuk says furthermore. What's the difference between the two? We generally accept Gaon Mivilna's interpretation. Kabod is what I do in preparation before Shabbat. It's when I put on nice clothing for Shabbat. When I shower for Shabbat, I set the table and prepare the food for Shabbat. Onig is what I do on Shabbat. I eat the food on Shabbat. I, uh, I maybe rest on Shabbat. I learn Torah on Shabbat, etc. That's the difference between Kabod and Onig. The word Kabod, then, we're already understanding, is not so much respect. It's more preparation, engagement in something. And as a result, he says, Hine kevod ha he cites from the Gemara, which describes how when you perform a mitzvah, Gemara Masechet Shabbat, you perform it with all the na'e that can come with it. You make it beautiful. You beautify the mitzvah. Again, kabod, he says, is the hidur. It's about how I prepare for this mitzvah. I prepared a beautiful lulav. I bought a fantastic uh, talit, and so forth, 
to approach mitzvot means to approach HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To do so means with the appropriate preparation. Preparation means I'm mindful of what I'm doing. It means I've exerted myself. I didn't just heke do it. What Mesilat Yisharim will go on to discuss and to describe is how you might wrongfully say, this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does he need this? He just told me what to do. Let me do his words. Well, I'm, I'm going above him. What am I bribing him? Says Mesilat Yisharim, it's a, it's a very dangerous mindset. That's what he's looking to do away with in this paragraph, in this discussion. To understand kabod after the hachna'ah, after the boshet that we described before, and is to understand the preparation appropriately of being proactive and preparing ourselves for each of the mitzvot that we perform. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.